Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, April 22nd. In our weekly catch-up with Mayor Jyoti Gondak, we talk about what it means to her to be named the Parade Marshal for the Calgary Expo Parade of Wonders. And on the flip side, her thoughts on a planned protest against her being at the parade. We also talk to the Mayor about a petition to ban gas-powered leaf blowers and the future of Calgary's resilient roofing program. What do Albertans need to know to protect themselves from fraudsters and risky online investments? We find out from Hillary McMeekin at the Alberta Securities Commission. The U.S. announced another $800 million in military aid for Ukraine. We'll get details on the war in Ukraine and all the other important news from south of the border when we check in with Global News Washington Bureau Chief Jackson Prosco. And with the 15th anniversary Calgary Expo underway, we had the chance to chat with a hobbit. Billy Boyd, actor from The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbits, an unexpected reunion, is visiting Calgary from the Shire and joined the show. And every week we have the chance to catch up with Mayor Jyoti Gondak to discuss the issues facing the city. City of Calgary and there have oftentimes been some negative things that we've had to talk about this morning we get a chance to start off with a very positive thing good morning to you madam mayor good morning how are you excellent thank you so much for joining us this is a big day we've got the Calgary Expo going on and the big parade of wonders and you are the parade of wonders marshal this year that's got to be a big big honor for you yes I am incredibly excited about this. It's a huge honor, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody out in their finest attire. It is going to be a ton of fun. Um, and Andy and I were speculating that you, I know you were under, you know, there's tight rules here as to whether we can talk about what costume you'll be wearing. We're speculating Star Trek. Ooh, that's an interesting speculation. Is it Because it's right. Because <laughs> it's right. <laughs> You're going to be sad when you actually see me. It's not Star Trek then. No, it's not Star Trek. Okay, interesting. Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, I want to ask you this because... You need those bracelets actually in real life. <laughs> We've talked to you before about this, you know, in terms of, you know, you are a fan. You like sci-fi and you like the idea of, you know, an expo and, you know, exploring characters and stuff. So this is right up your, your alley. But from a, from a mayor's standpoint... I think that this is a real feather in the cap. We have a big festival every summer, the first week in July, Mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is one more example on how we're more than just Stampede. Absolutely. And Stampede is such a robust event and organization. There are things that happen throughout the year, and we're well-known for those 10 days. I would say we're also very well-known for Calgary Expo. There are gamers that are always interested in coming and seeing what's new and exciting here. There are folks that are interested in animation. There's people that love the sci-fi, as you mentioned. And it's just such an eclectic um, few days for people to come together and enjoy everything cool and awesome that our city hosts. So true. And it's kind of a, you know, a nice indication as well that we're coming out of this pandemic because the last couple of years of the Expo have been very different and we're back to normal this year. We're beyond normal. We're into the, the <laughs> newfound version of normal. <laughs> I love it. Okay, um, well, we'll move on from the Calgary Expo, the happiness of it, but we understand also is, uh, there's supposed to be a protest of some sort. Do you know what that's about in regards to you? I do indeed. There are people that uh, don't care for me. I know this will come as a shock, um, and they have decided that rather than celebrating Calgary Expo and the Parade of Wonders, 
they'll take this opportunity to uh, boo me, throw things at me, uh. and generally demonstrate that their freedom marches were equally parades, and why didn't I march in those? So. Fun That's time. too bad. Hopefully they no. don't uh, distract from the goodness of the Calgary Expo and the parade no. this morning. We don't need well, you know what I would like to say about that is Calgary Expo is an amazing time of year. People have worked hard to put this on. Mm-hmm. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. I happen to be there. So please don't take it out on Calgary Expo. If you have something to say to me, send me a note. Give me a call. Yeah. Talk to me. Don't ruin this for people. Please. Plus, people won't be able to recognize you anyway. Exactly. So being a Star Trek yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I want to talk about something that kind of blew into the headlines early this week, and that is a petition circulating to ban gas-powered leaf blowers. This has had a lot of conversation in the city. I'm wondering what the stance is and what the latest is from city council on the gas-powered leaf blowers. Well, we haven't actually had this come to us as an item for discussion or debate. No one's brought it forward as a notice of motion. Administration hasn't brought us anything, so it's more or less just uh, looking at what residents are saying. This is something that came up during the campaign as well last year, where there's a lot of people that don't care for the noise. Uh, They don't like the concept of using these things to get rid of snow and leaves when you could just be raking or shoveling. There's good reasons to look at this and understand how our city could better accommodate um, folks that need things like this to get rid of the snow or the leaves, but how do you do it in a way that's respectful of neighbors as well? Mm Um, well, we'll wait and see how that one goes. Wanda, also ask you before we let you go about the future of the Resilient Roofing Program. Yeah, the Resilient Roofing Program, the way it was designed and approved by Council, was one of those time-limited things where we were trying to offer some support and assistance to Calgarians in need, um, given the horrible circumstances that no one could have predicted. We also, at the time, thought that we would get better support from our federal and provincial partners, and unfortunately it wasn't as forthcoming as we would have liked. Um, However, now that we have greater plans around climate resiliency, there may be other opportunities by which um, citizens can engage with us. So although the program itself is being phased out, the idea of energy-efficient homes and resilient roofs is not something that we are leaving behind. All right. Well, thank you so much. I know you got to get in the makeup chair. uh, Spock, um, <laughs> Mayor Gondek. I'm still going. It might, it might be Stark. I, I guess we'll see. Uh, thank you for your time, Mayor Gondek. Thank you, and have a great weekend. You too. Right. Live long and prosper. That is <laughs> Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Fraudsters are targeting Albertans investing online. So what do we need to watch out for before making your dollars digital? With Insight, we are joined by Hillary McMeekin, Director of Communications and Investor Education for the Alberta Securities Commission. Good morning to you, Hillary. Good morning to both of you as well. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. <laughs> Hillary, can you paint a picture for us just how common online investing scams are in our province? Oh, um, I mean, unfortunately, not, not everybody reports the experiences they're having, and that's something that we would sure love to have more information on. But I can tell you, we're seeing an increase, a really big increase, because I think, as you noted, fraudsters know that we're relying more and more on online you know, sources of information, websites, those kinds of things. We've become very trusting, and that's where we go for information, where we shop, where we, you know, we order things all the time. And, and um, you know, trying to connect with an investment professional, absolutely doable online. And unfortunately, fraudsters know that. And so they're, 
they're they're trying to target us by doing things like spoofing or cloning legitimate investment firm websites and and we recognized an increase in that and we wanted to provide more information so Albertans could protect themselves. So Hillary, what do we need to know? What do we need to look for in order to protect ourselves? Because I think you're right. Most of us, we're doing so much more online now after the past couple of years that we've had. Mm-hmm. What, what, do we, what do we need to keep our eyes peeled to see? You know, number, the number one thing that I think everyone needs to know is that if someone, and whether that they popped up through your social media feed or an ad while you're on Reddit or something, um, it, no matter who it is, they have to be registered to sell a security so, or to sell an investment in this, not necessarily registered in Alberta, but they have to be registered to do so. And we, that's the number one thing. And a lot of people say to me, I didn't know that. So anybody that's coming to you through email or anywhere, the first thing you do is check their registration. And you can do that through our website. So, so our new website, spotthespoof.ca, which I'll talk about in a second, but checkfirst.ca also has a page all about the different ways that you can check registration, either just in Alberta or across the country. And that's really most important for everybody to know. Um, Don't do business with anyone that isn't registered to sell you that investment. That's number one. Number two, um, always be on your toes. Um, Like, any website, people can create a website in no time and they can use fake pictures. Um, so things, things to look out for, WhatsApp phone numbers aren't typically what investment professionals use. <laughs> so um, again, that registration list I mentioned, we have everybody's like the legitimate firms, phone numbers, websites, go and check there and contact them through those numbers, not necessarily what you're seeing online. So phone numbers or that heavy sell job of like amazing returns with little or no risk, that that should be a red flag for anybody. Because let's face it, in the world we're in today, um, there's no guarantees on your returns. And anybody promising you a return or a high return and no risk, that that's a red flag to watch out for. So those are just a couple, if that helps, Sue. Mm-hmm. Hillary, I wonder if we can take the same rules that we have in the past because digital investing, online investing is new to us. But in the past, <laughs> when we've spoken with people like your, yourself, they always say if you're not the one making the phone call or if you're not the one visiting the office, if it's coming to you, that's when you should have extra vigilance. Does that hold true with the digital as well? Absolutely, Andy. Thank you very much. Yes. By all means, uh, we no matter how they're coming to you, it's your, I mean, let's face it, we all seem to put a lot of effort into our vacation planning or even dating apps for looking for that special someone in our lives. And if we're going to make investments, we should do the same thing. Um, we should take the time to do the research into whether that investment is right for us. And, and there's lots of resources at checkfirst.ca, um, including a new guide on crypto, because we know that crypto is so interesting to people. And there's a guide on there that's really helpful to understand how to navigate this digital world and and how to protect yourself and what to be what to be mindful for. So, yes, hands down, Andy, always doing that extra effort and doing that that research is so important. And these scammers, they're smart and they're really good at what they do. Unfortunately, they are using it for nefarious means. If they put it to good use, it would be really helpful. But we, we yeah. you know, they they're just really good at doing the scams, aren't they? Yeah. 
They are. And, and you know what? It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a longtime season investor or a brand new investor just starting out. They are really, really good at what they do. And, um, we, like even, you know, those of us that, that work in the business, um, that are like my colleagues who are in enforcement, they regularly, uh, you know, get the pressure high, the high pressure sales. They're really smooth at that. And like I said, with these new websites, um, they are just, they're finding new and different ways to try to grab us. So, um, that's why we created Spot the Spoof. It's a, it's actually a fun website to set, try to help identify the different things that you can find on these fake websites. So, you know, have some fun with it. And and don't worry, you're not alone. Fraudsters target all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's why we just have to be on our toes. Speaking with Hillary McMeekin, uh, Director of Communications and Investor Education for the Alberta Securities Commission. Hillary, it used to be, and I think back to, for example, home improvement, those scams targeting seniors. And then for a long time, when we'd have, you know, the CRA supposedly making those phone calls, it would be the older set. And I'm not trying to be ageist here, but it would be the older folks out there who would get scammed. When we talk about being online and digitally, it seems to me that there is no age discrimination. Anybody could get scammed. Absolutely. You're right. And and that's what we're seeing more and more of. And that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, we certainly try to get more and, you know, more information out to all of the age groups, seniors included, but but we are seeing a real increase in in young folks, sort of that 25 to 35 or 40 age range, because they're getting more interested, right? They're yeah. they're dabbling in investing, which they should. That's part of a, a healthy, you know, financial planning. And and so, yeah, it, it really it isn't discriminatory. I'm sorry, the language at this hour of the morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to be discriminatory, but you're right. It really, truly is any of us at any age. And they're they're just fraudsters are looking out to find the way to make the money. They don't care who it is that they hurt. Okay, so before we let you go, just give a little qu- a quick plug then about what exactly SpotTheSpoof.ca is. Mm-hmm. So SpotTheSpoof.ca is a fun interactive website where you actually have to try to find the the spoofs, the way the ways in which these fraudsters try to grab you, and and there there is some help. There's some helpful hints. <laughs> I needed them when I was on the website myself, so don't hesitate to use uh, the hints. But it is—it's a fun—it's a fun web page to try to help you um, be more mindful of what to consider when you're looking online for investment opportunities. So, and and of course, CheckFirst.ca, which is connected to it, always a helpful resource no matter where you're at in the investing journey. So, so check both those websites out. They're they're really meant there to help you be safe and and invest in our in our amazing province. And yeah, one more time for the folks out there at spotthispoof.ca and checkfirst.ca. Thank you so much, Hillary. Have a great Friday. Thank you. You too. That's Hillary McMeekin, Director Communications and Investor Education for the Alberta Securities Commission. It's questionable whether he does control Mariupol. One thing for sure we know about Mariupol, he should allow humanitarian carters to let people get out. That statement from President Joe Biden following Russia's claim that they had captured the port city of Mariupol. With details, we're joined by Global News Washington Bureau Chief Jackson Prosco. Good morning to you, Jackson. Good morning and happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. So what is the latest this morning from Ukraine in the fight for control of Mariupol? 
Yeah, so as you mentioned, Russia is claiming to be in control. Biden doubts that. It seems like Russia, though, has made significant advances in Mariupol. Uh, satellite images released late yesterday suggest that there may be mass graves with thousands of bodies in them. And, of course, we know that Vladimir Putin yesterday on camera directed his defense minister to actually maintain this blockade of this sprawling steel mill in the center of the city uh, where there are thousands of Ukrainian troops and civi civilians holed up essentially in these underground caverns. So that's where it is right now. I think the bottom line is that uh, hopes of evacuation corridors to get civilians out safely, they just haven't materialized. I think yesterday they, there, there were 79 people who were able to escape of uh, the estimated 120,000 still trapped in Mariupol. So it's certainly a, a grave situation there. Yeah, it just seems you know daily, Jackson, that the news is just worse and worse coming out of Ukraine. It's just horrendous to be watching and hearing about from afar. So what do we know about this $800 million in military aid that the U.S. is now promising to Ukraine. Essentially, it's, it's more focused on long-range weapons, and I think the understanding there is that the war has moved into a new phase, right, where Russia is trying to conquer uh, eastern regions of Ukraine, the Donbass, and so the U.S. is supplying things like long-range artillery. Uh, kind of interesting to note here that the U.S. uses a different standard, a different size of long-range artillery. The shells that fit in size are not something the Ukrainians are used to, and so the Pentagon says it will start training Ukrainian soldiers on how to use this American equipment at a location somewhere else in Europe over the next few days. Uh, we also know they're sending more drones, uh, really anything that can strike the Russian advances inside the eastern parts of Ukraine. Very interesting story. You know, you look to the sky, you think, oh, you know, game's going on. Uh, but we heard about the evacuation of the Capitol building this week. This was very bizarre while it was happening. What do we know about this incident now? Yeah, talk about communication gone wrong here. Uh, we all got the note because uh, we work in proximity to the Capitol building around 6.30, uh, I guess it was Tuesday night when this happened, uh, saying evacuate now, head in certain directions, and they evacuated the entire Capitol campus. It's not just the main building, but there are several uh, buildings nearby that house uh, offices for senators and uh, other officials. Uh, it was all evacuated. Uh, there was this plane circling above, and people started dropping out of it from parachutes. Well, it turns out... It was members of the U.S. Army Rangers, and they were parachuting into a baseball game at Nationals Park, which oh. is very close to the Capitol building. They had all the right permits. It just seems like one side didn't talk to the other, and so it prompted this very quick evacuation and then a very quick all-clear after the fact. Yeah, why would you even bother to share the message about that? No big deal, right? <laughs> wow. That, yeah, that, you can see how people would be in a bit of a panic about that. Um, let's talk about the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Now, this has it been canceled or like for the past couple of years because of COVID? It has, and so this was supposed to be the year that everything got back to normal, with Trevor Noah hosting, with uh, 2,500 people packed into a ballroom with the president uh, and first lady set to attend. All that is going forward, despite the fact that COVID rates here in Washington, D.C. are absolutely surging. And we had another high-stakes event uh, just about two weeks ago, the Gridiron Dinner, which is a long-standing sort of uh, event for Washington's elite. And there were 80 people who contracted COVID at that event. So... Uh, I know a lot of experts have questioned whether it's really proper for an indoor maskless event to be going ahead, but it is taking place, and we'll essentially have to see what the fallout from this event is. Mm. On the topic of masks and COVID-19, Jackson, we know airlines, airports, uh, Uber, for example, National Train Service Amtrak, all lifting mask mandates that have been in place for more than a year. So I'm wondering, where do you still have to wear a mask in the U.S. at this point? 
You know, it uh, really depends on what an independent business might require. The city of Philadelphia actually reimposed the mask mandates on Monday. They've now withdrawn it. It lasted four days uh, because there was concern about rising case counts there. Uh, Los Angeles County has reimposed a mask mandate for its transit system, and New York has kept its in place on the MTA, on its subway system. So it's really hit and miss, and you sort of have to follow the the local regulations uh, of where you are. Uh, Essentially, it's look for the signs at this point, but they're generally speaking are broadly very few mandates left in place. Interesting. Uh, Today, Jackson, is Earth Day. Big celebrations in the United States, or does it just go by the wayside pretty much? You know, it just kind of goes by the wayside here. Uh, given everything that's going on, I think people are, are so incredibly distracted right now that it is not getting a lot of focus, uh, which is a shame because, of course, there are some serious environmental issues that need to be dealt with right now. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, the Biden administration is sort of moving in the opposite direction of what environmental groups would like to see, which is that they're uh, looking to open up drilling, for example, on protected lands and sort of bolster the U.S. domestic supply of oil. And this, of course, is a consequence of the war in Ukraine. When you talk about distractions, throwing uh, climate change change goals off track good stuff thank you for your time have a good weekend jackson have a great weekend that is jackson prosco global news washington bureau chief a busy guy and it was interesting you know what it's, it's interesting to me we did talk a little bit about covid and the mask mandates but we were so covid centric focused yeah. and now we mention it we talk about you know how it affects the odd event but well, he has a lot of hats, uh, Jackson. That he does. And you, we, we can never, we don't always plan what we're going to talk to him about. You can throw him a question about anything. He's so, so smart, yeah. so knowledgeable. Yeah, and, and Reggie Cicchini, also yeah. stationed in Washington. Uh, these guys, they immerse themselves. They, they both live in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. But can you imagine, like, what news hound you got to be to cover a full nation and uh, take these questions just off the top of your head? Smart, smart fellas. Um, this is a stat that you uh, had brought to our attention earlier this week, Andy. That it's sad, it's frightening, but the leading cause of death in children and youths now, and I'm assuming this is an American study, but it's guns. Yeah, this is from Forbes.com. When I when I read this, it came out, I believe, on Monday. I thought, okay, where is this from? Is this one of those, you know, articles you can't trust? It's from Forbes magazine. So. It was published, rather, the article uh, April 16th in the New England Journal of Medicine, and it reviewed uh, the implications and shift from, you know, uh, being a health reason and the guns and the authors based at uh, Boston Children's Hospital, Harvard Medical School, and the Department of Health Policy and Management at the T.H. Chan School of Public Health at Harvard have said, you know what, this, this is it. They look at the numbers and they look at the causes, and you think about it, children and youth, when you say children, these are guns that have been left around. This mm-hmm. is not an issue of... It's not gangs we're talking about. No, no, these are not being, you know, these yeah. are being used erroneously to a certain extent. Oh, it's uh, shocking. I'm just looking through some of the numbers. Um, back in 2000, uh, about 7,000 firearms-related deaths in that age 1 through 24, over 10,000 in 2020. So, I mean, other ways of, of accidental deaths are, are going up, but the gun use... Just so many more. It's just something we don't have a concept of here in Canada, right? I mean, gun use in the United States and gun ownership. It's it's just so prevalent. Well, it's interesting because it says, you know, motor vehicle death was was one of the leading causes for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. But we have safety protocols in place. We have seatbelts. We have airbags. Uh, But here, you know, if if the gun is being left, not locked. Mm -hmm. And they have a few guns in the U.S., too.
came all this way from the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. That's the last goodbye sung by the Hobbit himself, Billy Boyd, who is in Calgary for the Calgary Expo's 15th anniversary. Good morning to you, Billy. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Sue. How are you? I'm excellent. What a pleasure to have you in town. I know uh, you are going to be a big draw for all of the freaks and geeks that are headed down to the expo. It's going to be a big one. We're ready to party. We're ready to have some fun. What's it like for you when you travel to the various cities to meet people who just loved you and the Hobbits? It's great. You know, it's it's an amazing thing that we did this film now, you know, 20 years ago. And people are now introducing, you know, their kids to it, never mind still watching it. And um, a strange thing that's never happened is the four hobbits have never, ever been to a show together. This is the first time ever that um, Frodo, Sam, Merry and Pippin are going to be at the same place, which is incredible. What's it like when you four get together, like getting the band back together? (laughs) Is it like you haven't missed a beat, even though you've never uh, done a show like this together? I honestly can't remember the four of us being together anywhere for such a long time. We, obviously, I see Dom all the time. I see Elijah for dinner. I see Sean at a show. I see him for dinner with his family. But all four of us in the same place, I, I honestly can't remember when that happened last. That's fascinating. Billy, what, what's, when you're at an expo like, like today, mm-hmm. what do people want? Do they just want to sort of wax poetic about the movies? Do they ask you specific questions? What's it like for you? I think Ian McKellen said it best years ago. He said, the filmmakers made such a wonderful job of creating Middle-earth, creating this Tolkien universe, that people... They, they really wanted to know what it's like to be in there because I think people wanted to visit Middle-earth. People actually want to go there. And the closest they can get to that is speaking to us, you know. Mm. And obviously we've got lots of stories. We were down there for off and on for four years. So there's lots of stories and, and, and lots of things to remember, you know. So it's, it's so wonderful meeting everyone. Belly, this Calgary Expo, people love it. They love to get mm-hmm. out and see those things, all things pop culture that mean a lot to them. I'm wondering, before you got into the industry and had much success in the industry, were you a fan? Were you the kind of child that would have gone to an expo like this to, to see those stars you look up to? I think they've completely changed the expos since, uh, since I was younger. When I was younger, there were much more comic book things, and it was people who were going to find you know, a first edition of a Superman comic from 1960, that kind of thing. But now they're much more family-orientated. It's people showing their creativity, people, you know, dressing as their favourite characters or even taking a character and putting it into a different world. I love to see that. You know, you see a Hobbit, but someone's made a, um, a Hobbit in the Marvel Universe, that kind of thing. So there's huge creativity people making their own stories from these universities and a great family weekend, you know. So they've completely changed from from when I I was younger. It's just such a great pleasure to chat with you, Billy. I think uh, people are really going to be having a great time to meet you down at the Expo this weekend. Thanks so much for for spending a couple of minutes with us today. Can't wait to meet everyone. Fantastic.
I love it. Billy Boyd, actor from The Lord of the Rings, one of the cast members obviously featured in The Hobbits, an unexpected reunion. And this here in Calgary at the Expo is the first time that all the Hobbits from The Lord of the Rings trilogy are here. Elijah Wood, Sean Astin, Dominic Monaghan, and the one and only Billy Boyd. I bid you all a very fun farewell. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.